Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast in our new setup uh, for this year. Joining me, it's of course Dave McKenzie, like every time, every year. Isn't this fantastic what we have? It is fantastic. We are not in France. We know that. You know that. So we won't try and pretend we are, but we've got a fantastic little studio here, Christophe. We've decorated it nicely. Nice touch too, by the way, with the three jerseys. But you know what else I'm excited about? Couch Peloton. Thank you so much. The beautiful T-shirts we've been given. Yep. Mine fits me perfectly like a glove. Might be a bit smelly in 21 days' time, but I'm going to do my best to get it laundry, you know, maybe every three or four days. We'll see. I chose the XL. Uh, I don't know how much cheese I thought I was going to have. Yeah, well, you've, uh, already, <laughs> you've, you've jumped the gun too early, mate. You've been having yeah, cheese so, yeah, uh, so, already. But- we love it, and then we love your input. Uh, yeah. We love your input at the Cash Peloton. So uh, carry on your good work, uh, and you guys can put comments at the bottom of this uh, page all the way through uh, this podcast, and we'll see if we can uh, go through some of your questions, some of mm. your comments. Uh, but we've got a packed up show for you tonight. Uh, before we start, remember that if you are listening to this podcast, uh, you can uh, download it or stream it from our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a rides with our lovely friends at Zwift. Packed up uh, program for us today. Um, first of all, scale of one to ten, how excited are you? It's it's a different feeling, isn't it, Christoph? It's uh, it's different because obviously we're not on the ground. We're in Australia. You and I are here in Melbourne in Federation Square. Uh, it's pretty quiet outside, um, but I'm pumped. Especially I'm pumped in the evening when we live. Underway. Especially yeah. in the evening when we live. Uh, yeah. There's a great video of you when you you were living the Dauphiné. It's crazy. Uh, it's empty. It's crazy. But you know what? Viva la tour. Exactly. We're about to get it underway, <laughs> and I'm just happy about that. Exactly. Let's talk about uh, our program today, and let's talk about the defending champion. This is where we start, uh, because we left the Tour de France with a victory for Eagle Bernal. Uh, we'll de- debrief today of what are the chances for, for Ineos uh, Grenadier. They changed the, they changed the name, I, be, I believe. Uh, but what can we expect from the defending champion? Look, he's going to be very good. Bernal is going to be very good. He's got a strong team around him. I mean, the big surprise omissions, I guess, were Chris Froome and Garrett Thomas. However, they leave no stone unturned. We know that with that team. And they've got the defending champion, and he's got some good riders to back him up. Sivakov, of course, and, of course, Katapaz, uh, who is going to be super. And he will be... He'll be a plan B, Katapaz, and who knows, maybe a plan A.1. We'll see. So uh, they'll... I think they've been under the radar a little bit, if you can say that about that team, uh, in the lead-up to the tour, but now they have to show their cards. It's actually crazy to think about Ineos being under the radar. Uh, let's listen to uh, Eagle Bernal just uh, before the start of this tour. As the reigning champion, uh, this year uh, I think will be different. It will be special for me to have the, the, number, the number one uh, with me and try to, to win again the, the, the race. That's uh, a really important thing thing in, in cycling so I'm really really excited to to put uh, the number in the in the jersey and go for it we can only uh, imagine what it is for a rider and only a few have been able to do this to pin number one on this little baby here mm-hmm. on this on this uh, on this jersey you know 
bearing in mind that you were this last year, but you start again from ground zero. The only difference you got from the other guys is you got little number one on your bike and on your shirt. Yeah, it's huge. He's, I mean, to, to win that race, you know, at such a young age, and he wasn't, uh, he wasn't a hot favourite going in last year. Remember that he is now. Uh, he's proved enough, I think, that he's got the form um, to to defend. But he's got some stiff opposition, and we know that. Absolutely. Uh, what about the opposition, actually? We'll, we'll debrief and whoever can uh, actually uh, win it over and take it over from the ends of the whole Sky and Ineos and now, uh, you know, the, this whole new era in cycling because of, we know Froome and, and Thomas are not here. Uh, Jumbo Visma, you know, what do we make about Jumbo Visma? And are we about to see, like I'm just putting on screen, the Battle Royale Jumbo Visma in Eos Grenadier. Well, let's have a listen to them, shall we? For me, I think is just the fact that yeah, uh, mostly we need to focus on ourselves. Huh? Uh, is the only thing that we can manage. And uh, I think we just need to try to do our best in within ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, as individuals and also as a team. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't really uh, think uh, then about so much uh, about the other, the other, uh, the other guys. Yeah, same here. I mean, uh, it's not uh, Jumbo Visma against Ineos or whatever. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a battle between a lot of uh, riders. I think uh, 20 riders at least are on the start line with the hope of doing podium or to win it. Um, and yeah, we just have to make sure that we are the best of them. And uh, it's like Primo said, we can better focus on ourselves instead of. Uh, on other teams or other riders. It's not Jumbo Visma against Ineos or whatever. Uh, what do you make of this? <laughs> Look, they're right. They're right, absolutely. But it's... And there are 20-odd riders that can win the race 100%. But all of us say, all the experts, all the so-called experts, and I think a lot of the fans say, they are the two top teams. And that is where the battle is going to be at the moment. But I think it is a year. If any, there is a year. This is the one where the race can be turned on its head we will talk about the race in whole later on and as this race unfolds. But I just think this year is such an unknown. Absolutely. We've got a great question here from uh, Paul uh, Rosham. Uh, Jumbo Visma were very strong at the Dauphiné. Did they go too early? Uh, good question. And it remains to be seen. The short answer is we don't know, do we? Um, it, the thing is, they're right on point. They're right on point. The only question mark I have on that as well is, and I said it, I think, during the Dauphiné to Matt, Keenan, uh, Roglic has been good for about six weeks now, believe it or not, because their national championships were actually quite a while ago. Uh, they weren't on the weekend that all of the other European championships were held. Um, so Roglic has been very good for about six weeks. The Tour de France starts, yes, tonight. So he's got to be good for another three weeks now. He was excellent at the Dauphiné, although he did crash. So there is a little bit of a question mark on there. Can he hold that form that long? So we'll see. And actually, good Good, uh, good segue because Roglic said just before the tour that uh, the buzz is out that he's not in great shape. Uh, BS, not BS. What do we think about it? <laughs> what does BS mean? Uh, SBS. No, <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's foxing. He's foxing. Look, the crash would have hurt him, no doubt, but he, he's foxing surely, just a little bit. Okay. Just, just a wee little bit. <laughs> uh, so for you, they are the odds favourites above Ineos or same level, or we just don't know. I'd say same level because 
Ineos Grenadiers, I've got to get used to saying that. Yeah. Don't know their new title sponsor. It's hard as well. Yeah, yeah, Ineos <laughs> Grenadiers. Uh, they are the defending champs. They've won, what, four, five, six Tour de Frances. They've won yeah. six Tour de Frances. Let's just remind and, everyone, yeah. in, under that management, they know how to win this race better than anyone. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about... Mitchelton Scott. Uh, we have been talking a lot about Mitchelton Scott uh, in the last uh, in the last few podcasts. Actually, we had a, uh, the chance to talk to Matt White. We, are, we were the one that, that broke the news of the team, actually, and that team that has no Australians. We'll uh, we'll talk about it in a, in a sec. What can we expect from from them at this Tour de France? Uh, look, I think we'll expect hopefully stage wins like twelve months ago. They won four twelve months ago. Uh, you know, they were, they were brilliant, actually. They're, they're a tactical team. They've got a lot of tactical nous. They bring a strong team to win stages. Uh, initially, I thought they would have one eye on the general classification with Adam Yates, with Esteban Chavez. They've made it clear that's not the case, but we'll see. We'll see. I think, first and foremost, what is important for them is the stage wins. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Matt White. Yeah, look, there is so many this year. I think, yeah, obviously... The thing that probably stands out, the two things that stand out for me is the first six days, uh, how how tricky they are and how tough they are for a tour. Uh, because we go directly onto climbs and technical climbs straight away. And then the other thing that stands out is the back end of the race. Stages 15 to 18. It's it's a brutal last week. We've seen that a lot in, the, in races like the Giro, but stage 15, 16, 17, and 18. The only thing that breaks them up is the second rest day, but it's it's a very tough Alpine finish to the race. One of the toughest that I've ever seen, that's uh, for sure. Certainly a very tough uh, Tour de France, and uh, Matt White explained it very well, exactly where it's going to be tough. Uh, it, it's just, oh, sorry about it, it's when Matt White says that, one of the toughest sort of last weeks of any of the Tour de France's that he's seen, you believe it. Yeah, he's absolutely. got plenty of experience. He's raced it. He's directed numerous. This is, like I said, this race can be turned on its head at any point, I think. Absolutely. Yates yeah. is the leader of that team. What are his expectations, do you think? Well, he's here to win stages. Look, he's, he's finished just off the podium before. He's won the white jersey. So he's actually had, so he's had some great success at, at the Tour de France. Um, but he, he is here to win stages. I think that's first and foremost. And that's the team motto, so... You know, we'll see. The last couple of years, I've not had the most ideal preparation. And then, um, you know, we're going to the race, targeting GC, and it's not going to plan. So um, um, I think it'd be quite silly to do, to, do, to do it again. You know, I've been sick. It was quite a severe illness. And, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, like, like I said at the very beginning, I'm, I'm feeling better every day. And I feel, I feel like myself, um, really. Um, but to target GC... Um, you know, it's a, it's a big ask, and if you're not 100, percent then you're gonna get left behind. So um, we we can target stages, save some energy on stages where you know the GC guys are really going for it, and um, and from that I, I can hopefully win a stage or two. <laughs> or oh, two, yeah, of course. Uh, cheeky, yeah. cheeky. He's fitting better. <laughs> What's this? <laughs> now, mate, I don't know if a Frenchman living in Australia is allowed to hang on a, a Yorkshire accent. If right? anyone is allowed to mock an accent, I am. You know? <laughs> okay, I'll let that one. I'll let that one slip to the, through to the keeper for now. Uh, that was Adam, by the way, not Simon. 
And are we sure? I well, know well, we're not. We, we used we joked about this last year doing the this old switcheroo. The, this is the last year we can do this because one of them is moving on. You know? How do we know? Maybe yeah. they'll switch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. We're talking about the, the identical twins, obviously. But he is. You're right. Moving on to Ineos Grenadiers. So, uh, but you know what I love about that? The professionalism of Adam Yates. Yeah. He's there to do a job with Mitchell and Scott. They've had a great relationship. Both he and Matt White have said that. And uh, Matt White said, we're here to do a job. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, okay. So four stages last year. Uh, would three be a disappointment this year? Or would five be a success? Three would be a success. Three would be a success. Five will be an even bigger success. Two would be good. Two would be excellent. You know, I think we've got to... I think when they set a bar so high, and Mitchell and Scott have done that over the years, they've set such a high bar. You know, they've, they've won monuments. They've won a grand tour. They've podiumed in other grand tours. They've won just about everything there is yeah. to win in professional cycling, bar the Tour de France. That's a fact. So let's let's be fair. I think let's just get one stage win out of the Australian team and, and then anything after that is a bonus. Absolutely. And then we, we'll wrap this up at the end of the, the podcast, but uh, this is where the hopes of Australia are. There's potentially a yellow jersey tonight. Uh, we'll talk about this. There's potentially... You know, a bit more coming from Richie and then stage reasons also coming from Mitchelton Scott. Yeah. So all in all, for Australian public, uh, for the Australian public, it would be hopefully an exciting, it could be an exciting tour. Oh, we've covered the bases. We've got exactly. the sprint stages. We've got the mountains, <laughs> the GC, you know, op opportunities. It's a good balance. Yeah, like yeah, we, yeah. We, we, like, okay, there's only two Australians in the, t in the tour, but out of it, Australia can actually shine. They can, they can, yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on now uh, to actually uh, Richie Port. Uh, Richie Port, I think, is a good discussion. Can this be the last chance of GC at the Tour de France for Richie Port? Well, he said that, hasn't he? Richie has made it pretty clear that this probably is his last chance. He said the stress of riding general classification, it really does wear on you, and he is 100% right. This is his 10th Tour de France. Can any of us believe that? Yeah. It's uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? So it's been a journey for him. But I must say, I feel a little bit like I hope he has a incident-free Tour de France. He deserves it. He deserves to have just a little bit of good luck or no bad luck, as we say. And I hope he is fit and healthy and has good form. He just deserves one big crack at it. He's finished fifth before, but the two years where I think 100% he would have challenged and potentially landed on the podium with the two years he crashed out. So he's gunning for you, Richie. Absolutely. Uh, I was going to say, how does this look for you guys? Come yeah, on. It's a little puppet. Come on. <laughs> but the jersey's a bit look? small for his head. Yeah. Or the head's a bit big for the jersey. Now, I'm, I'm a big advocate. We, we, we had the chance to talk to, uh, to Richie yesterday. Uh, and, and I've asked him the question twice, I believe. Yeah. I think. Well, let's, I reckon let's listen to it and then we'll, we'll divulge more on that jersey. It's not something I've really thought about, it's but really uh, of course, if uh, something like that was to happen, then um, yeah, you'd uh, definitely take it. But look, my goal here is to hang in as long as I can on, on GC, and then uh, you know, obviously that last week, if we can go for a stage uh, with myself or Balka or some of the other guys, that's that's the goal of our team here. But you know that uh, there's never been an Australian bringing the Polkadot jersey in Paris. Ever. I'm, I'm Tasmanian, so it's... Uh, <laughs> well, we'll claim you. <laughs> but yeah, look, I think, um, you know, tomorrow we have a great opportunity at an Aussie in the yellow jersey with Caleb. So I think it's just Caleb and I are the only Aussies here this year. So 
Um, but yeah, down, further down the track, um, you know, if if the polka dot jersey was up, um, you know, I think it's probably going to be one of the hardest years because all the GC guys are kind of coming in saying they're injured or, uh, you know, all the other ones are going for stages. So it's, uh, I think the polka dot jersey is really more like a, a breakaway jersey now. So I think um, that would be a hard one to win. Honestly, how does this look now? Well, you made the point that... No Australian has ever won the polka dot jersey at ever. the Tour de France in ever. the one hundred and seven year history. So, yep. I I have I, I do have a little bit of sentimental, you know, in the back of my mind about that feeling. So, it would be pretty cool. But look, I think he's right in in practical practical terms. I agree with him. Actually, it could well be a breakaway jersey that but, that that wins that jersey this year. But think about it, like, because you know we know how. Uh, cherish the yellow jersey is. We know how cherish the green jersey is. But the fact that there's no Australians that have ever brought this one home, he says it's not in his head. But uh, sh- are you sure? C- can this not be somewhere? I think like, you want it to be in his head. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you can't tell me that me telling this yesterday came as a revelation to him. You can't tell me that he just went, oh, yeah, why not? Yeah, no, no, but I don't think... Honestly. Yeah, I don't think... Look, I think that they've come in with a clear goal to to ride general classement. I'm I'm with you, by the way, because when you look at it on the other... And I'll steal the words that you said to me before we went live today. What's better, finishing seventh at the Tour de France or winning the polka dot? Exactly. For, For Richie Port right now, I'd say winning the polka dot. He's finished fifth before. He's challenged at his very best and put his hand up and say, I'm here to win the race. I'm here to finish on the podium. You know, is fifth better than winning the polka dot? I'd almost argue, no, still winning the polka dot. You get on the podium in Paris. So, it's, but, all, you it's, know, all, about, it's all about the Wikipedia page. I just want exactly, you know, in 10 years' time, yeah. what's going to be on the Wikipedia? You know, uh, <laughs> that's so go, Richie. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, Richie, go yeah. hard, mate. I made, I made this, you yeah. know, just yeah. for... Yeah. <laughs> By the way, if you like the puppets, spooky. If I must say, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and this is not going to be the first prop, ladies and gentlemen. No, Christoph, he's been hard at it. We won't, we're going to reveal a few over the coming uh, days and weeks. So stand by. Absolutely. Uh, so Richie, GC, where do you think he's going to stand? Again, it's anyone's guess. Look, he's been post lockdown. He's been really good. Uh, his form's been good. He's been climbing well. He fa- he sort of faltered a bit on that final day of the Dauphiné. But he's, um, you know, his form's there. He's proved enough, I think. And I think now he should come into it pretty fresh in, into this year's Tour de France. He's 35, as he said. He's not getting any younger. Uh, so this is his last chance. But his wife and himself there, she's expecting during the Tour de France, that was a really big call for them, especially through this year and the COVID crisis that we're having around the world. They made a really joint decision and she said, I want you to go. I want you to go to the tour because this could be your last big one and, you know, uh, I'll be fine. So it's a big call. Uh, they're expecting their second child. Um, she'll obviously have some support, but he's not He's not going to waste time at this year's race. He, he's not here to make up numbers. He's here to go for it. The team around him, though, it's quite solid. Yeah, it's a good team. It's There's a, good a world team. champion in it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He goes, oh, maybe some of the other guys, uh, world champion, Matt Patterson, yeah. <laughs> Richie, you might have forgot about him. Bolka Molima. Bolka is, you know, he is just rock solid. Uh, he'll be super again, whether he's there helping Richie or if he has to pick up the pieces, he will. And then he's got a real sort of dynamic squad that can help him on those undulating days, not the mountain stages, but the undulating days, the flatter days, the crosswinds, etc. I think he's actually got one of the most rounded teams 
to to support him over the three week journey if he is at the pointy end, uh, you know, come that final sort of few days. And then, of course, we talk about three weeks, but there is today to start as well. There's one stage to, uh, coming up tonight. I oh, know. There's so much. <laughs> Gee, do, do we have to talk about it? Let's do it. <laughs> Interesting to uh, for a stage one, especially that we already preparing for stage two, but we'll talk about this uh, probably a lot more uh, in detail tomorrow. Stage one, we mentioned an Australian can be in yellow tonight. That Australian is, of course, Caleb Ewan. Yeah, it is Caleb Ewan. He, he's the man for tonight. Look, all the tipsters, all the, all the previews I've read about this opening stage, as hard as it sort of looks, it's still going to be a day for the sprinters. But I do think Caleb's biggest uh, rival coming in that on that uh, promenade de Zongle is going to be none other than Peter Sagan because he's back to win what? Eighth or ninth? I'm almost losing count. Now. Eight. Green Eight. jerseys. One. Yeah, incredible. So, but Caleb's up for it big time. And with it comes that extra prize, the yellow jersey. So this is a massive day for Caleb. You're on a massive day for Australian cycling. And of course, his team, Lotto Sudal. Talking about Caleb, you know, we know that uh, last year it took him a few stages, few miss, um, few misses to actually reach and win his first stage at the Tour de France. And then when that happened, he just went on and, and won several uh, after that. How much of that experience can he actually bring in winning tonight? All of it. He can bring all of that experience, 100%. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't guarantee he's going to get the job done first off the bat, but he brings all of that experience. And I think the difference this year is because it's such a dynamic race and a really mountainous race, there's less chances for the sprinters. He wants to strike early. Yeah. He, there, are, there are no guarantees Caleb Ewan will make it to Paris. That's not being negative. Mm-hmm. Let's put through a blanket over all of the sprinters. There's no guarantees all of the sprinters are going to make it to Paris. We know that. Caleb is in that box as well. So he will want to strike early. Yeah. And how much this yellow jersey is, is a driver? Oh. Because we know there's, there's a limited number of Australians that have wore that yellow jersey. Yeah. It's a very exclusive club. It's a, uh, yeah. How much does he want to be knocking at the door of that club? Oh, it's 100%? <laughs> 100% and more. But I think he will just try not to think about it. He will just try and focus on trying to win the stage. One, you know, we know that, and he'll try not to think about the yellow. But they all know that's the big prize at the end of the day. So it's going to be a ripper. I can't Absolutely. Wait. Uh, so it's going to be on a, on the Skoda Tour Tracker. It's going to be on on all your different platforms on TV. Of it's course, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. You, you can't, can't escape miss a it. Beat. You know, yep. you can't escape it if you love uh, Tour de France. Uh, a question that's been put to me a lot. Uh, in 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 this coming weeks of the Tour de France, is how much cheese you're going to eat? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, can I can I actually fill in this T-shirt? <laughs> uh, no, actually, but not too far. Uh, it's basically we know Gabriel has moved on, he's retired, and we love Gabriel Gatti, and and we know it's uh, it's Guillaume Brahimi that is going to come and join us. So I titled this butter. Anyone, uh, you know, it's important to have uh, the this food segment and this cultural segment uh, in in the in the broadcast of the Tour de France, and it's not going anywhere. Uh, let's listen to uh, Guillaume Brahimi. It's a recording I've done with him uh, earlier on this week, uh, and he talks about what Plat du Tour is and what it brings to the screen. So your show is called uh, Plat du Tour, uh, yeah. which is a play on word in French with Plat du Jour and Plat du Tour de France, just to explain yeah. the, the, yeah. the rhetoric behind. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what are we going to see? Well, we just want to see before every stage of the tour, we just want to show a recipe of the area where the stage is. So um, um, at Nice, we're going to show a ratatouille, 
when we had Ile de Ré, we're going to uh, talk seafood and oysters. Uh, when we're in Paris, um, I will talk about one of my favorite dish in Paris at whatever time of the day, it will be a soup à l'oignon. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so, so we, we, we're just showcasing the, the French classic, you know, yeah. like, a, and, and, and I just want the people to, to finish watching it and say, I want to do that. It was easy. I want to do an onion soup. I want to do a whiting colbert. I want to do a bouillabaisse. Um, and and the, the reality is it's possible to do it with uh, Australian produce. Without a doubt, I did it. There we go. Australian produce. And actually, he went on to this interview uh, talking, about, talking about how good the Australian produce uh, are and where certainly we are enjoying the food. Uh, it's not France, but it's not far. Look, and uh, you mix butter and cream together <laughs> anywhere in the world, it pretty much tastes the same, doesn't it? <laughs> well, we can debate on the quality of the cream, but uh, I, we, you know what? I'm with you. On, yeah, <laughs> I am totally with you on that. French butter is mm, the absolute best. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, worth, uh, it. it's worth the extra few bucks. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, not not uh, sprucking anything, but mm. yeah, absolutely. Mm. I completely agree. Uh, there's something else happening today because there's there's the main race, there's the Tour de France starting. Let's not forget there's La Course. Yes. And La Course is very important uh, to the to the Tour de France itself. And this year, uh, we, we'll go through um, what we can expect, uh, but it's not an easy, easy, as it seems, circuit. No, it's not. And uh, look, I think it's... Uh, I think it's an exciting course, and you're dead right. We all, the reason we almost sort of forget it's on and want to remind you all is because it's on the opening stage of the Men's Tour de France as well. So normally it's either towards the end. We knew that uh, normally on the Champs-Élysées at the very end or halfway through the race. So I think it's great that we open with La Course uh, at the start of the Tour de France. Here is the course. You see it heads up into the hinterland out the back of Nice. Christophe, they do two laps around this course they yep. go over the same climb as well that the men go over so it's not a mountain pass it goes up about 500 meters i think but they do have to do it on two times so it's got a technical descent as well but then there's a fair bit of flat run into the finish line isn't it and you know this area well absolutely well. Uh, i've done stuff on the la promenade des anglais uh, which is, i've been there before my friend uh, frederick shout out to him what exactly uh, have you done on uh, the promenade des anglais? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about this in a different part <laughs> but anyway uh the la, la course so is happening tonight what's important is it's it's very flat at the end we saw that it's going to be very fast Anamik van Vluten, which has been just amazing uh, in in the lead up to uh, to this to, to this course, to the she said it's too easy. It's too easy. Is it too easy for her? It's it's too easy for her. Yeah, hundred percent. And so she has a right to say that. Look, she is the best cyclist in the world at the moment. Um, but Mariana Voss, the other great Dutch woman, she said actually I don't mind the course. There's some technical aspects. It, it, it's tricky. And the organiser of La Course has said, we wanted to create a course that is dynamic. If we make it super, super hard every year, you're probably going to have the same winner or a similar winner. So they've mixed it up. And I think, I actually think it's a good course. It remains to be seen uh, once it unfolds. But I think there's some really, some exciting riders in there. You know, I'm excited about Team Sunweb. Liana Lippert, remember, she won the Deakin University uh, Great Ocean Road Race here in January. She's got a strong team around it. Chloe Hosking, of course, another Australian and predominantly a sprinter, Chloe. But Chloe's pretty handy. So 
I'm excited about the race uh, tonight. I, I just think we're going to have a, a, a really good race. And, you know, we've already had some exciting races off the back. The European Championships were yeah. phenomenal. Exactly. That's what, that's what actually Kino uh, mentioned here. And I'm uh, glad that uh, Kino is watching. Uh, but he said, based on the European Championship, this would be sensational. Yeah. I mean, what Anamik Van Vluten did at that race and the others uh, as well let's not forget but uh, that race was so dynamic I, I mean I challenge you to find anything more dynamic than what the European Championship was incredible racing yeah it's brilliant isn't it and uh, you know in, in a really tough year that, that we're having around the world and our sport you know we're in our little bubble of cycling it's great to see that um, the, the women are stepping up to the plate and um, there's a few more little announcements there as well, which you just wouldn't have thought. So this is, it's really awesome. And, and it's great that we get to showcase La Course uh, tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, uh, the question was, uh, will La Course uh, be broadcasted live? And you're not going to answer this. Uh, Tomo actually is watching and he's answered this. He said, of La Course. See what he did. Oh, Tomo, <laughs> cheesy dad joke. Dad joke. Cheesy dad joke. But, uh, we love you, Tomo. Thank love you it. for, thank you for watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course, uh, what, what you were referring to uh, about other announcements is this. Uh, David Lapartien has announced a women's Tour de France in 2022. Um, that's interesting in itself because he actually jumped the gun from the Tour de France. They didn't announce this. It's interesting that yeah, yeah. The UCI announced it, not ASO. Why yeah. is that? Uh, I reckon it's because there's a power play at play. And what David Lapartien did with the UCI is to say... We created the space in the calendar. Now it's up to you to fill that space. And what they're proposing, which I think is very interesting, it's the men's to the front finishes in Paris and it doesn't stop. It starts with the women again for an extra eight days. So the train carries on. So in terms of the logistics, it's actually very clever because they reach on three weeks, but then they don't just pack up. They carry on for another lap. Uh, you, know, you, know, you, you know what though? Do the, are the, if the same journalists, the same smelly journalists, us included, carry on from the men's race into the women's, geez, we better find a laundromat uh, You've been stuck in that room for, 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 the, for 2020. Oh, my goodness. You would take it. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it'd be brilliant. Uh, no, it'd be, it, it, jokes aside, that is, that is fantastic news. And look, I've said, I've said for many years, growing up as a young kid, watching the men's Tour de France, there was also the women's Tour de France yeah. way back in the 80s. And we had... Australians had some great success at it. So it, in, as much as the men's race inspired me, uh, the women's race inspired me as well. And um, this is, I think this is the best news we've had for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Tomo is doing the job for us because uh, he's answering the question, when is it on? Then it's at uh, 6 p.m. for the La Course, so 6 p.m. on demand and 7.30 uh, p.m. Uh, on SBS with uh, Kino and Bridie O'Donnell. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Yeah, any other news you may have for us? I think there's still plenty. First of all, before we go, uh, before we start on the news, yep. you must be very proud because you have seen at the bottom of this, there is a new sticker, a news bar. You've been dreaming. Oh, be yes. Program I with know. A news bar. Do, do you like, <laughs> I want feedback because for many years Comment now. Comment on a feed bar. <laughs> on the ground in France, I was, I've been saying to our producers and executive producers, can we put in a news bar? I just think, oh, I, want, I want to look like CNN. You know, we're super serious and you know you've made it in front I mean, of you're camera. you're not serious. When, you're not serious. <laughs> when you've got a news bar. And now finally here on our podcast, video streaming, I've created the news bar. I'm taking ownership of that, by the way. Don't it's you yours. keep your dirty mitts off it. Any typo, it is. Any typo, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so very good. So there'll be little snippets there. <laughs> Hopefully things that you may or may not know about throughout the three weeks. Anyway, any other news? 
There is some news. Look, this is re- relatively serious news, actually. Um, it's all based around the COVID testing. And yep. so the UCI have come out pretty much overnight this morning with a statement uh, updating the rules. And look, I can tell you, they are effectively making it up as they go. And that is not a criticism because I think governments around the world are making up the laws and rules as they go as well with this COVID mm-hmm. uh, testing and the lockdowns, etc. We all know that. So this is how it stands. If one rider tests positive for coronavirus during the race, they will be immediately isolated. They will expedite as fast as possible a second test because we have had some false positives. Uh, We know that already. Four or five riders, in fact, um, since racing has restarted. Then, within a seven-day period, uh, they will then be withdrawn from the race. And hopefully that second test will prove that. Um, Then, if a second rider from that same team test positive within a seven-day bracket, the ASO then have the right to withdraw that team from the race. So they've tried to, I know it sounds maybe not harsh or maybe it does or doesn't to you, but they've tried to broaden it slightly with the false positives to give the teams every chance to, to prove themselves or prove that, okay, maybe it's a false positive and hopefully the second test will expedite that. ASO will have a medical testing lab on site and they're saying they'll be working through the night. Uh, so that's one bit of news. And then... It's already complex. It is. It's already it's, quite heavy when you think of like, I hope you've made notes of it because yeah, and I, I, look, look, can get lost in, in, in those, those yeah, situations. Yeah, and look, in their defence, not in their, we don't have to defend them, the UCI or ASO at the moment. Like I said, they're making the rules up as they go and they have to. They have to, they have to be able to pivot and that's been the key word as this yeah. year and certainly for the Tour de France organisers. So they're just tweaking them here and I think that's a really smart move. Uh, the other news is Nice has gone into the red zone. Yes. Uh, there are, the case numbers are going up really high in France. We know that. That's probably not, maybe it's news to some of you. But it's 7,300 really. and something overnight. That's the, that's the number. That's the number. Okay. 7,300 overnight. But like Tomo said, let's get a bike race on. Well, you know? th- those numbers have happened on their own. Yeah. The Tour de France haven't caused that. So what they are doing, though, they're putting in place now to on any of the mountains throughout the three weeks. You cannot, there'll be no motorhomes, no campers on the climbs, no cars. The only way spectators will be able to get up the climbs is by walking or on a push bike. They'll be filtered, they'll need a mask and hand sanitizer, and there will be a, effectively a, a COVID operations group. Effectively, the police will become the COVID police, just making sure the crowds are separated, not too crammed in together. Remember, it's not the peak holiday season now. The holiday season will effectively end after the first weekend of the Tour de France, this weekend. Uh, so I think they're nervous about the opening four or five days, Christoph. Yep. Once we get through that, hopefully we're plain sailing. And also we have to remember that uh, it's not like they are going to bring the police just for that. There's always 5,000 policemen at the tour every year. Yeah. So they're just going to get them to work on a different shift or a different type of work and, and policing differently. That's right. They, it, it just means that they now have a slightly different role that they'll be doing. And remember, you won't have the crowds that we've had in previous yeah. years. So I think this is well within their, their reaches of sort of controlling Yeah. And I think the genuine question is uh, one coming here on, on Twitter. Do you think the tour will finish? Uh, we, I mean, we can I'm crossing my this. fingers, yeah. my toes, my feet, everything else. But yeah. what we don't know, <laughs> and we're not too sure, and actually I'm certainly not sure about it, is uh, 
what happens to that yellow jersey, that purple yellow jersey, that green jersey, if the tour finishes halfway through? And can this influence the race? We're going to go and say, you know, riders like Alaphilippe wanting to grab the yellow early, maybe thinking the tour's not going to go to the end. I can actually win a tour halfway through. Yeah. Well, to my knowledge, as of this morning, there's been no announcement no. On, on any sort of decisions that will be made if, if the race does in fact stop. So I would say at the moment, it would be null and void. Uh, yeah. the, stage, the stage wins will stand. And, um, you know, the riders that do win a stage, well, that'll be in the record books. Uh, but beyond that, it, it'll, the, the general classification will be null and void. So and they're, they're, let's, they're, let's hope we don't have to talk about exactly, that. Exactly. But yeah. you're right in, the, in the saying that the, the Tour de France is not scared of having years missing. In a, you know, no, the, the whole right. Armstrong era is missing. Who's that? They, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not scared of having those those blocks missing. The stage wins still stand, yeah. but the winner doesn't. And, and, and it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Look, it was a, a great uh, full-on show, Maka. Oh, gee, I'm worn out. <laughs> only, uh, only 20, 21 to go. 21 to go. <laughs> yeah. Race hasn't even started. We're having fun. We are having fun. I'm pumped. Yeah. Uh, stay, yeah, stay tuned for the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. There will be more of these <laughs> coming f from where they're coming from. They're great, and we're going to have fun with uh, uh, the puppets. Thank you, Maka, for joining us. Pleasure, as always. Let's get this thing underway. And remember, next episode is tomorrow at uh, 1 p.m., same place, same time, same place. And uh, remember, remember that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, uh, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. Until tomorrow, it's bye for now. And shall we say? À demain. À demain. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.